Scripture lesson from Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs to god and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god well, a couple of weeks ago, we began talking about the fruit of the Spirit and started this little sermon series talking about each of those attributes. So the first week, we were talking about how the fruit of the Spirit leads us to be a community that leaves behind a legacy of being guided by the Spirit. But then, to unpack the fruit of the Spirit a little bit more, we started last week talking about love and kindness and gentleness. And now this week, we're moving on to joy, peace, and patience. And we're talking about each one of these in turn because, like I said the first week, we need to remember that the fruit of the Spirit is just one fruit. And it has many different attributes that show up, but there's, there's only one, and that one fruit then manifests itself through us in different ways. And so some of, the, some of those ways are through love and through kindness and through gentleness. Some of those ways are through joy, peace, and patience. And as we look in our own lives what that might be, I want us also to recognize that this fruit can only be produced by the Holy Spirit working through us. See, that's something that we, that we really need to pay attention to because oftentimes we hear about these, this, this fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We hear about this and we know that we want it in our lives, and we start looking for ways to incorporate that into our lives. But the problem is we end up looking for those things in the wrong kind of way. And what we need to be doing is recognizing is that these attributes only come through the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we can produce on our own. It is by the Holy Spirit alone. And it is meant to transform our community and to leave a legacy for others to follow. And so we're left asking the question, what legacy are we leaving in the fruit of the Spirit? And we talk about legacy because this is important. The fruit of the Spirit is meant to not only transform our lives, but the lives of our entire community. But here's the thing. We cannot allow it to just transform our community for one moment in time. We have to ensure that this transformation is a long-standing transformation that keeps pushing us forward into the love of God and not backwards into our own selfishness. So we talk about legacy because it's something that has to last beyond just us. And so when we ask what legacy are we leaving in the fruit of the Spirit, I want us to consider each one of these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit to understand how that fruit might reveal itself in our lives. So 
we begin looking at Paul's letter to the Colossians, and we see a similar strain that was talked about in Galatians that we talked about the first week and Ephesians that we talked about last week. Hear these words, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Some of those words sound familiar? They should. Paul knows that these words are important, imperative to our lives in the Holy Spirit. Bear one another, bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Wow, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let that peace rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I'm really struck by that very last verse, verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. There was a movement not long ago, and it still kind of carries on a little bit today, that told us it doesn't matter what you do, it only matters that you have faith. It doesn't matter what you do. It only matters that you have faith. And so what this movement ended up sparking is that people started coming to church and investing a lot of time in church. But then whenever they go home, they just kind of live out their normal lives. Their lives weren't transformed in any meaningful way. And so what we're trying to recognize here is that while this is true, when it comes to the act of salvation, that is, there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Only God can save us. We also need to recognize that, as James put it in chapter 2, verse 26, faith without works is dead. Faith must be that which produces works in our lives. Faith must be that which is revealed in our very actions. You see, we all have actions and we all have reactions. We might do things and we might also react to other people doing things or circumstances in our lives. That's what life is all about. But Paul here is charging us to ensure that every action and reaction that we have reflects Christ instead of our selfishness. And that right there is the great challenge to allow our actions and reactions to reflect Christ rather than us. It's a lot easier to reflect ourselves in these, a lot harder to reflect Christ. So what might it look like in our lives to reflect Christ rather than ourselves? Well, Paul uses this expression twice in this passage in, in verse uh, 12 and uh, 14. Clothe yourself. Clothe yourselves with, he says, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Have you ever heard the expression, dress to impress? It's this notion that we like to dress our best in order to make a good impression on people. Because whenever people see us for the very first time, that's leaving our very first impression on them. And first impressions are hard to change after that. 
And so we know that we have to dress a certain way to leave a certain impression on people. And that often reflects our personality style, reflects what matters to us and the things that we wear. Paul uses this as a metaphor for what others see in or on us. Paul recognizes that, you know, people want to look good on the outside so that it draws people towards them. People know, or Paul knows that people want to look good on the outside to make it that good impression. But Paul also knows that the impression we leave is more significant if it's the impression of Christ rather than ourselves. And so whenever he says, clothe yourself, he's asking us, imploring us, that the things that we show other people are compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and above all, love. Can you imagine that? If the very first impression people got of you was they looked at you and said, that person is compassionate. That person is kind. That person is humble. That person is gentle. That person is patient. That person is loving. That's what Paul is calling us to do, to take on these attributes, to clothe ourselves with them, that those are the first things people see in us. That those are the first things that people recognize whenever they look at us. And so, talking about joy and peace and patience today, we're going to look at how these three words, these three attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, are ways in which we can demonstrate and reflect Christ on the outside just as much as on the inside. We'll start with the word joy. Joy, uh, which in the Greek is the word kara, joy from the Greek means joy because of our circumstances. Joy because of our circumstances. Now we think about today and, and recognize it can be pretty hard today to be joyful in our circumstances. It can be pretty difficult for us to, to look at the world around us and say, you know what? I'm very happy with where we are right now. Maybe you still have debris littering your yard. Maybe your power is still out. If your power is still out, I'm very interested in how you're watching, but that's all right. Maybe you've had damage done to your house, or maybe you know family and friends who have had more damage done than, than we have. It can be pretty hard to be difficult in these kind of circumstances. I think also about our brothers and sisters in Baldwin County and Escambia County who are suffering more than we are. And recognize it can be really difficult to be joyful in our circumstances. We might want to be mournful, sorrowful, pitiful in our circumstances, but joy stands opposed to sorrow in our circumstances. Joy recognizes that in spite of our circumstances, we still have God's grace working on us, moving in us. And so whenever, whenever we are called to this joy in the fruit of the Spirit, we need to recognize another important thing. Remember, this fruit only comes by the Holy Spirit. It's not something we can do ourselves. We can sit here in our circumstances and force ourselves to be joyful in our circumstances. But the truth is, it's not going to work out that well because we'll keep coming back to find something wrong with our circumstances, something that isn't working out too well for us. 
But Jesus is calling us, and Paul is imploring us to pick up joy instead, and to find that joy in the Holy Spirit, not in ourselves. The next word is peace, which in the Greek is irene. And this kind of peace that Paul is talking about can also be translated as wholeness, or in other words, that understanding of when all essential parts are joined together. And peace is opposed here to brokenness. Brokenness, whenever all essential parts are scattered, peace takes up all of this brokenness and unites it. This kind of peace, once again, is only possible through the Holy Spirit. And that's another thing that we need to recognize, that it is only possible through the Holy Spirit that this peace can take over and move in and through us. And so in the midst of our brokenness, perhaps you have broken property. Perhaps, you know, we look around and see other broken things around us. We recognize that through the Holy Spirit, we are able to find wholeness and peace. The final word is patience. Patience in the Greek is makrothumia. Yep, that's a long one. Makrothumia. And this is divinely regulated long-suffering. There's a bunch of big words there to pretty much say that in the midst of our troubles, we are able to endure. We are able to stand firm. We are able to recognize that greatness is still yet to come. And this patience is opposed to lashing out, lashing out in anger or frustration or feeling like we need something now. I know that many of us did not have much patience whenever it came to getting our power back on because, well, it's, you know, September and it's hot outside and we needed our AC going or our food in the fridge was going bad. It's hard to be patient during those kind of circumstances. But this isn't calling on us to find things in our circumstances to be patient through. This is calling on us to invite the Holy Spirit to invoke patience within us. None of these are possible in the face of their opposing circumstances without the grace of God. That is the, the true depth of the fruit of the Spirit. See, each of these words, joy, peace, and patience, are circumstantial experiences, circumstantial feelings. In our own lives, just going about day by day, we experience joy in particular circumstances and not in all circumstances. We experience peace in specific circumstances, not in all circumstances. We experience patience in specific circumstances, not in all circumstances. And so what Paul is drawing us near to here in the fruit of the Spirit is to recognize that the fruit of the Spirit moving through us can allow us to experience joy despite our circumstances, can allow us to experience peace despite our circumstances, can allow us to experience patience despite our circumstances. And so my challenge for us this week is to be guided by the Spirit to leave a legacy of holy reactions. And here's what I mean by that. Joy, peace, and patience in our own lives are reactions that we have to our circumstances. Just like sorrow and brokenness and anger or frustration are reactions to our circumstances. In the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and by God's grace, we are able to step beyond our circumstances and find holy reactions. Reactions of joy, peace, and patience 
in spite of our circumstances. So let us be guided by the Spirit to leave a legacy of holy reactions. Let us be a people who look beyond the brokenness, the sorrow, the anger, and the frustration to find joy and peace and patience. And let us pray during this time.